Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talking Numbers. My name is Paul Jantz, where each week I'll have the pleasure of chatting to the stars of our accounting industry. From leaders of accounting firms to leaders of companies that are dealing and working with accounting firms, it's all happening here on Talking Numbers. Stay tuned as we continue to drop the big names of big people in our industry. It's Talking Numbers. Well, welcome back to Talking Numbers. Uh, today, I've got a very special guest. I am chatting with Andrew Vanderbeek. Mate, welcome to the show. Mate, thank you so much for having me, buddy. Great to be here. That's uh, fantastic. I know um, for those that, you know, we're, we're doing this a little bit later at night, you've cracked a beer. Um, we're going to have a wonderful little chat about some of the key things that you've got going on there at Eliminate. And it's, it's, it's been a whirlwind, but have you been coping? I know the last few months have been a bit messy. You know, we're back into lockdown after the 12 weeks of lockdown. Have you been personally, mate? Yeah, look, thanks, thanks for asking, bud. It's, it's been really interesting. This lockdown version two, um, I feel like it's almost lockdown version one for me because version, um, version one, the official, um, as accountants and bookkeepers and whatnot would know, um, we spent all um, waking hour um, yes. trying to figure out what on earth is going on with financial support and all those things. So whilst all my mates are like getting veggie patches and growing sourdough cultures and all the kinds of crazy stuff <laughs> that they get to do when they have time, I was up until 3 a.m. seven days a week for like two months straight trying to communicate everything as possible to our clients. So this time around, um, it's a little bit different. Am, am I happy about it? No. Do I respect and understand it? Absolutely. Um, do the right thing for the greater good. But I know I spent seven hours cooking on the weekend on Sunday with my family. <laughs> and that was, I had an absolute blast doing it. So that would have been a poll. Silver lining. Yeah, yeah. And, and technically, you guys up in the Mornington Peninsula technically yep. haven't had a case. So We have um, than the greatest city of Geelong. <laughs> that's exactly right and mm. uh but but unfortunately you are included in the in, in the lockdown and away we go for another few weeks uh yeah. mate that's that you know you know that is good to hear i know that you know even all the firms that we work with yeah that that was a pretty tough period a lot of things that were coming out from the government that you know you guys didn't even know so how are the clients are supposed to understand it so and i know you navigated and did the best your job you know you know the best job you could do which is awesome yeah yeah absolutely Mate, uh, congratulations. I, you know, again, um, during lockdown, there was a recent award, obviously, to the firm, Marketing Program of the Year. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, thank you, mate. So, uh, luckily enough, it was right during that period when we could gather in certain group numbers. So, we were fortunate enough to book out a function room and get our team, which was less than 20 in to celebrate. But so yeah we won this marketing program of the year which is a bit of a weird award for an accounting firm to win because normally you want to win awards like best accountant of the year and best at doing tax <laughs> things which which we were in the running for and we were fine yes, and yes. there were other great accountants that managed to win it but i guess the marketing thing for us is is something that we actually really stoked about um mainly because we believe so greatly in how we go about what we do and how we communicate that to our clients and our broader community, but to be recognized that the way we're going about that is something um, uh, to be valued, to be honored, to be respected, to be awarded for um, is, is incredible. And it's definitely something that as a team, um, and I know myself and, and our kind of key marketing personnel um, personally have invested a lot of time and effort into. So yeah, look, it's, it's real cool. And, and look, Technically, you could argue that it is the only award that you could 100% validate um, because who's going to be a client of every single accounting firm in the country and figure out if they're the best accountant? I don't know. Yep. I don't know. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's a very, very good point. And I think that's a, you know, I've been in the industry for as long as I have. I think that was, that's an area that a lot of firms struggle with and it's marketing. You know, they, they don't like sales. They typically don't like marketing and, you know, with the greatest respect to all the firms are listening to this and I, and I love the industry that I work in, which is with the firms. Um, it's not usually a strength. It doesn't work with their creative side of the brain. I mean, that's why they're accountants and they're bloody good at being accountants and that's what they 100%. should be sticking to. And I, I guess um, it, what we often see is you get certain people that end up in business um, and that's when you take the transition from practicing your craft to kind of managing and, and cultivating a business that delivers on upon that craft. And um, sometimes the stereotype of an accountant means that they're not necessarily as comfortable with doing some of those marking activities and that's where they should be, you know, leveraging and getting good people in to do so. But if they've got the the comfortability and the desire to, you know, kind of push the boundaries and see what, um, you know, understanding a, a business looks like, what their clients want and communicating that out in a, in a unique and impactful way, then um, it's definitely massively rewarding personally, but also for your, your firm as well in terms of um, some growth objectives that you might have too. So just, just, just go, going off track for a second, but still staying on topic. Yeah. Um, if, if, if there was one thing that you could do share with our listeners right now with regards to, you know, hopefully a lot of them are accounting firms, but certainly from a marketing point of view, what's the one thing that you would suggest firms start doing? Um, talk with their clients. And, and, and this, it's the language that we choose to use. As accountants, uh, we are uh, quite, we have, we have to be technical. We're dealing with tax law. We're dealing with very serious things. But when we're talking to the bloke who digs a hole for a living, he doesn't understand that and he's not a qualified accountant. So we need to make sure that we're understanding what our clients actually require and how they need to be communicated to. So for us, we try to avoid talking about things like lodging a tax return and completing your business activity statement. And we use language like keeping you out of jail by getting things done on time and accurate and giving you a good experience. So it's more talking, like what I say is like, Talk more about what your clients are going through and how what you do is going to provide them greater freedom than actually what it is that you do. So what's the outcome? And if you can communicate the outcome a lot more, I find that clients are more willing to invest in you and the way that you go about doing things. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Now, I know that, you know, you have a, um, a true passion and, you know, you talk about the potential off our accounting industry as a whole. Let's break that down a little bit. Tell me why you feel that way. Uh, absolutely. Look, and I've got, I've got massive respect for the industry as it is right now, but I also can see what it could do. Um, and I think uh, that our, our business community is really continuing looking for good, strong leaders out there, but leaders that are not just uh, copy paste of everything that exists right now. Um, we're recognizing that in our day and age, things uh, are often a lot more experiential based. People want that experience. They want that kind of thing. And, and for me, the potential of the accounting industry to impact our clients, moving ourselves from what has always been done and taking an approach of what should be done and how could we go about achieving that. That's the potential and that's the unknown of, of saying, well, what does it look like if you're 
junior accountant in the team has a voice and can impact the way you deliver things. What does it what does it look like if you um, decide that you're going to offer a certain service or not offer a certain service because you recognize that you're not skilled or you are skilled to deliver that? And, and for me, it's it's really the industry itself having a greater understanding and realization of the impact that it can have and then being delivered the confidence to go out and do that in a way that is creative and impactful, purposeful, but actually something that we're capable of doing. Because, I mean, you you guys, you work with accountants and you've spent a lot of time in the accounting space. Um, we know that accountants are told that they could or should be doing a lot of things, but yes. whether they can or not is the challenge. Yes. And that's where I think the potential lies is I don't disagree with a lot of the, the um, people that are selling to accountants, telling them that they should be doing things, but I, I reckon they should change the word should and change it for the word could. They could be doing this, but there's a, there's a level of potential that sits there untapped that if they're willing to access it, mm, I wonder what that might look like now. Yes. Yes. I like that. I like the uh, changing the should for a could because it is about the potential at the end of the day, isn't it? And it's also about like, what do you actually want to do here? So I think of the accounting industry is like, especially in the last few years with a shift towards technology and talk about advisory and all those kind of things is we're now able to design and develop an accounting business that suits our needs and what we want to deliver as an accounting business owner. Because at the end of the day, your business should be giving back to you at least what you're giving back into it. You should be, you should be reaping the rewards of that. So the potential is we can design it the way that we want it to be because we don't have to do the things that we've always done and we can still be profitable and we can still drive value and we can still have great clients. So I think that's the potential as well as it's a twofold thing. What's it, what are you giving to, uh, to your um, client base in your community and what is your business giving back to you? That's, a, that's, that's some absolutely valid points there. A little, I, I like calling them little golden nuggets and I think throughout this whole, you know, we've, been, you know, we've probably been online for probably 10 minutes now and, there's so many little golden nuggets there. I hope everyone listening is just just capturing all this, writing it down or recording it again or whatever it may be, just to, just to take this down because uh, very, very, very important information. But I want to quickly talk about systems and processes. And I know the importance of that, you know, back when I was running my coaching and training company to the accounting industry, you know, we, we used to, systems and processes within the accounting firms we work with was so important. We, you know, we tend to, to, link productivity to profitability and um, that was about getting your systems and processes right you mentioned it before in terms of technology how important has the use of technology become and how we move forward with that um i think it's absolutely foundational in a successful um sustainable business um i'm a little bit um kind of blindsided and biased in that i've been running illuminate for just over eight years now and we were born in the cloud so all we've ever known is cloud-based technology and, and kind of when you start there um your opportunities are endless because there's just anywhere that you could go so for us we're really fortunate in that thinking and talking about new technology is an opportunity and an excitement as opposed to something that's daunting but if we think about it from systems and processes and technology in place with that um it's about for us, the last 18-odd months have all been d d driven around ensuring that our clients' expectations meet ours. So we need to have something in place that helps us to understand what is our clients' expectations? What should we be delivering? When, we sh when should we be delivering it? How should we be delivering it? And how can we take some of that responsibility away from uh, like human error where it is just 
realistically an, an automated process of things such as ensuring a job is set up a new system with relevant information and notes and assigned to the right person all the way through how you then um, provide a report or result back to client. So systems and process for us give us greater clarity on what we're trying to achieve and when we need to achieve it, but also it allows us to deal with things in mass and on, in bulk. So the greatest example I can share on this is um, pulling out of some lessons from COVID is that in the early days, we were running around like headless chickens. Like we kind of had an idea of what was going on, but you'd get announcements every 37 seconds. You'd have newspaper articles saying certain things. You'd have online um, forums saying this and that. You'd have your little personal, and, and you really were running around in, in circles. And, and I often wonder, I wonder if I just hit the mute button for the first four or five weeks of COVID and then unmuted and would I be in the same position, but I just have a lot of my life and my time back. Yeah. But that point in that early stage, it was almost impossible to build a system and process around it because it was just unknown. You didn't know the factors that you were working with. But as soon as things came out around what the cash flow boost looked like, what the state government grants might have been, um, what JobKeeper was going to look like, what JobSeeker was going to look like, we were then able to build systems and processes utilizing technology to streamline that. So it wasn't that we've got a team of 14 going on 15 at the moment. It wasn't that our team... We're all fielding different, uh, the same questions, but not knowing how to answer it. But we were able to streamline that process yes. so that our clients were comfortable that they were being cared for in the way they needed, but our team didn't feel overburdened by it. And don't get me wrong, we did feel overburdened, but like by the time we built our systems and processes, it was a lot more manageable where someone was able to walk in one day, run a report out of our job flow system, see what they need to action to do with COVID and start making a difference as opposed to, see what messes inside their inbox or what phone calls they've missed or what Slack messages have come through or even to some extent what phone calls have missed and what, and what um, you know, text messages are sitting in their inbox. So it's really about clarity and understanding of where are we going? Because once we've got that, and that just, it just kind of looks after itself. The autom Correct. automated looks after itself. So something that might have taken three hours now takes 30 minutes. Um, you know, our people hopefully don't feel as stressed and as under pressure now that they have visibility on what they need to achieve. And additionally, on the people thing, even more important is someone can go home at the end of the day or walk from their home office into their kitchen um, and know they actually got work done. Because yes. when you don't have a system and a process, you don't have visibility, it's really hard to understand if you've achieved something in a day and not just achieve something based on what your role was, but also achieve something in terms of helping people as well. Yes, and in yes. COVID, that's that perfect example of in the first, you know, four to six weeks of uncertainty, it was tough, real tough. And then once we got uncertainty, we were able to build systems, build process, leverage technology, and now we're in much greater control of what it looks like going forward. And hopefully we're not missing anything now, which we might have in the first few weeks. Yeah, good point. Good point. So staying on tech for a second, Mm -hmm. top three apps that you couldn't live without today in our accounting world? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So top three apps right right now in terms of what I'm involved in, host truth, I guess I'm going to uh, uh, exclude things like Spotify and Netflix, right? Because yes. that's uh, <laughs> lockdown. All right, okay. Um, 
But uh, just as vital, just as vital in our in our day to day in in in, in <laughs> lockdown. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So for me, number one would probably be Slack. Um, Slack is a communication tool that we that we use. Um, it allows us to segment certain types of conversations, as well as it allows us to funnel information from external sources into one point of truth to see what's going on there. So Slack has been fundamental in us being able to achieve um, clarity of information amongst our team. Um, the second one, and this is a piece of technology we started using like a week into COVID, um, and it's called FYI Docs, and it's accounting-specific. It's Microsoft-specific, so we had to move from Google to Microsoft to use it. But we're finding some, some incredible benefit as a team. It helps to uh, document management, task management, job flow management, all those kind of things, builds in automation, does a whole bunch of those really cool stuff. So finding that has been uh, incredible. And the last... Oh, I've lost you. you there? Yeah, you got me there? Yeah, I lost you there for a second. Sorry, technology. The last one I was saying was 1Password. Um, and 1Password is a password manager. Um, and it blows my mind um, that people are not using this 99% of the time. But um, we, we onboarded three new people in the last week. And because of utilizing a tool like 1Password, everything was secure and set up before that even set foot in the office. It means that I know I can access certain technology with crazy long passwords that are very difficult to hack and break. Um, and uh, I have reliance on accessing the information as and where I need it to be. So those would be the three I reckon right now, other than, like I said, something like a Spotify or a Netflix or uh, yeah, those yeah. Well, mate, I've, um, again, I love to learn something every day and obviously Slack, I've known about Slack for a very long time, but FYI docs and one password. I have yeah. So again, for our listeners that are listening to this, again, check them out. Uh, Google well, the cool thing about Docs is they're an Aussie-based company. They're based in um, in Radelaide in South Australia, okay. and um, and they yeah they're doing some cool stuff. They're doing some really interesting stuff, and wow. um, yeah, we're really enjoying kind of you know working with them, seeing how it works, giving feedback, feeling like what we say is valued is really important. Yeah, no, I'll definitely check it out. Mate, I know that you obviously, um, you know, as a, as, as a part of you growing the firm that you've grown, obviously you, you need good team members around you to do that. You mentioned earlier just before that you were talking about, um, you know, you were obviously a finalist in firm of the year and partner of the year for boutique firm. How important are the, those awards and recognition you guys getting together? I love the suit that night. Um, <laughs> how important is all of that for the team and the culture that you've developed down there? Look, uh, I think, like, what's the phrase? Culture is king. Yeah, yeah. Strategy for breakfast. Um, whatever other things you want to kind of throw out there about it. Um, uh, it like, awards are, are great. Um, but what well, for us, it is a further validation that as a team united, we are working towards our ultimate goal of, you know, achieving results for our clients, blah, 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 blah. Insert whatever phrase you might have for your business. Yeah. Program. Yeah. So recognition like that, whilst, um, you know, they, they, they may mean little, it can mean significant amounts. And for me, um, we're really looking to pursue any kind of recognition that's team-based or any kind of recognition that's individual-based that's not me. Um, I've, I've been around, I've done a whole bunch of stuff. It's been great. And I've been privileged to have some recognition in that, um, deserved or undeserved, depending on whatever your, your opinion might be. But I know that we have incredible people in our team and any opportunity we have 
to be able to celebrate that together, it makes people realize the hard work they're putting in actually means something. Mm. Um, realistically, the day, the thing that means the most is the client coming back and saying, thank you. Um, because of you, I wouldn't be here. But these little things here that allow us to gather together as a team, celebrate, um, you know, reflect on all these things. Like that night that we had um, for the awards night, we were super fortunate to be able to gather together, as I kind of mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and we had, you know, uh, the, the kind of marketing guys that we've been working with there. We had a new team member that was joining us in a week was with us there. And it's just that you need to have those letting the hair down moments. Yes. And what, like halfway through, um, you know, our freedom before we had lockdown number two coming board, we, we definitely let our hair down um, uh, by the end of the night. But it is paramount to ensure that you are providing feedback and reflection internally and externally to your team on how they are individually performing, but how you as a team are performing as well. Absolutely paramount. Otherwise, um, there's, no, there's nothing to gauge um, how you're going by if you're not getting any of that kind of feedback. Yeah, good. So you're, you're, you're very open about all of that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We, we share a um, considerable amount of information with our team. We, we believe wholeheartedly that the success of the business is based off the team. I, I tell every single person who gets to a final interview that this business isn't my business, it's their business. I'm just the caretaker for it now because eventually one day Andrew's not going to be here. Um, Andrew's going to hopefully fade off and run a whiskey bar and be old and <laughs> say, say things that are super appropriate and hip and cool right now that'll probably be inappropriate by the time I'm 70. Um, uh, but that's, that, that's like the journey of business is that you have to recognize that there are up and coming leaders and you have to provide them an opportunity to lead. Um, and I can be stubborn and I can be arrogant and I can be opinionated, but thankfully we've got really good people on our team that um, identify that and highlight that positively and respectfully when it happens, but allows me to have that reflection of like, cool, like what are we doing to ensure we have the growth in our people that we need? Because as we continue to scale and continue to grow, there's only so much that Andrew can do in his own right. And realistically in 10 years time, who knows where I'm going to be, but I know that I want these people here continuing to provide the, you know, support the services and the results for our clients that they deserve. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. It's a part of the ongoing mission and vision, really, isn't it? So that's, um, you know, yeah. love it. Love it. Mate, um, you've obviously had some really good growth within the business. Uh, you know, this this cast, this podcast, sorry, is called Talking Numbers. Let's talk about some of the key numbers. What are some of the key things that you measure within the business, if you're okay sharing that? Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, we, we look at a handful of different things. Um, we uh, ha have a couple of tools out there. Some of it's a basic workflow tool, such as, um, you know, uh, Zero Practice Manager we use to manage kind of workflow and FYI docs. But we also use Futurely for some financial reporting where I've kind of hacked together a whole bunch of information to give it back. So we'll look at a handful of things. So obviously the key driver for us, as should be any business, is the money that's left over after you've spent it on everything else. Um, otherwise effectively known as net profit. So for me, at the end of the day, um, we are an eight-year-old business. We should be at a point where we're generating some comfy profit. So I'm definitely looking at that kind of information. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, then it's like, well, okay, well, what kind of stuff are we looking at? What kind of stuff do we want to be aware of? And what helps us to understand the success of the business? Because we still have some growth goals that we want to achieve. We still want to do certain things. So those kind of key areas start at uh, like a, we've got a marketing and an acquisition kind of approach where we look at things like 
um, clients that we've won. We look at comparing to any kind of marketing spend activity might have. We look at the dollar value of those um, kind of acquisitions that we might have achieved. And we look at what our typical client lifetime value might be. So that helps us to understand, are we winning the right type of clients and the right type of work? We look at the amount of investment and time that our people are putting into the business. We do still use timesheets. We don't use it necessarily for billing purposes. We use it more for productivity and efficiency kind of perspectives. So I want to understand if one of my team are working 20 hours a day versus someone who's working seven hours a day versus um, certain clients that are maybe sucking more of our time or not because um, that stuff happens. So we'll look at average hourly rate and we'll look at an average hourly rate, which is effectively total revenue divided by the total hours worked by the team and then total revenue divided by the total hours of our billable into people as well. So what kind of billable um, recovery are we getting? So it helps us to understand like our efficiency there. Yes. Um, that's kind of said, yeah, we've got, a, we've got a bit of a marketing metrics and we've got a revenue. So for us, recurring revenue is real important. We're, we're not a, a software business, but we're realistically kind of a quasi-subscription business in that the bulk of our clients are paying a monthly fee to have a relationship with us. Yes. So we, we look at that and we say we have a target where we want to hit and we'll start at a point, we'll grow to that. And once we hit that, we then look at a new target to go through. So we're looking at when we're winning work, are we winning the type of work that's recurring revenue, what dollar value, what the average value, where does that come from? So that's kind of the key business level metrics. And then we break it down. So I, my role is really that kind of stuff. We've then got um, Kate who heads our bookkeeping team who looks at how we're delivering bookkeeping services. She looks at the, the work we're getting out the door, the satisfaction of clients. Mick who looks after our accounting side of the business who's looking at um, – we, we build every single client into a calendar. We send them a calendar at the start of the year and say, You're doing, we're going to do your work at this point. We make sure that our team are held accountable to that. What have we told the client? Has it been done? And we look to work with them and correct them if, if there's ever any kind of lag or some um, kind of overworking going on. And then we have Shane who looks after all of our kind of tech systems and processes. And that's uh, a lot of accountability around, hey, we've, we're building an API thing right now. We've got an expected date. So it's, it's project accountability for him. And then outside of that, we use a tool called Office Vibe, um, V-I-B-E. And that sends pulse questionnaires out to our team. So I, I get a report every kind of week to two weeks that tells me across 10 different metrics, what's the vibe of the office? And it helps me understand people are feeling overworked. People are feeling underappreciated. People are feeling unchallenged. Although all those kind of things, it'll, it'll point out if something's not looking quite right and it'll allow me to correct that. So for me, visibility on that information is super important because my role in the business is a, I'm referred to as head of purpose. So why are we doing this? How are we doing this? Are we feeling good about doing this? Are our clients feeling good about how we're doing this is key. And without that information, without my core team coming back and giving me feedback on how things are going, I have no idea if we're heading the right direction. Very, very, very true. So again, I, I, to everyone listening, you know, I, I spoke about nuggets there. There, there is a, probably another 10 right there. And I, I hopefully everyone can take what... Andrew's been talking about and actually start looking into how you can start doing stuff. And I know Office 5, we we actually spoke about Office 5 maybe 18 months, 24 months ago, actually. And mm. um, just fantastic the way that you can start measuring team members and feedback and making sure that, yeah, how is the vibe in the office? So, yep. mate, absolutely brilliant. Because it all goes towards happy team delivering happy outcomes to clients. And I think that's what you're all about. Oh, I mean, what the, the, this, 
I, I'm going to keep coming out with weird, crappy quotes, but, you know, the people say, you're client first. No, it's not client first. It's team first. Mm. Because at the end of the day, if it's client first, you're going to ruin for your team. You're going to churn through people. You're going to be demanding and expecting them to do things. And I'm probably saying this knowing that I've been demanding the last few months, given what's gone on with COVID. <laughs> and given that I know that I'll work till 3 a.m., but I should never, ever expect any of my team to do so. Um, but if you can treat your team in a way and give them an environment so they feel valued and they feel respected and they feel like they want to give back into your business, um, you're going to see results in that. And, and the great example I, I have right now is that two of my team bought into Illuminate at the start of this year. They decided yeah. that it was a good, good investment to be and they wanted to be around here longer and, you know, sucked them in. And, um, and, you know, they're on for the ride. And we've seen a phenomenal result because of those decisions. There's now three people in our equity. So Kate, Mick and Shane that I mentioned beforehand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Kate's kind of in part equity for our bookkeeping business and Mick and Shane are in part equity for our kind of group level business. And they've all got roles and responsibilities now that ensures that it doesn't require me to do that. But that's creating, creating an environment that says you're going to do something yes. um, and actually doing it. Because yes. there's, I'm a verbal thinker. You can tell by as much as I talk, I probably talk and think the same amount. Yes. Um, I think out loud, but you actually have to follow through. And this is something my team held account to me a couple of years ago at one of our annual retreats. They yes, said, I remember you talking about this. Yes. We need to see you follow through on this stuff. Otherwise, it's just hollow words. And so the thing that I'm trying to work on and I continue to work on is like, what have I been saying? And therefore, what is people are people expecting of me? Because if I stop doing the things that I'm saying, how can I expect my team to also do the things that they are going to say they're going to do? Great point. Again, again, mate, there's, there's, there's more nuggets there. Now, now, I know you've shared a lot and thank you. Um, probably to end, let's call it good or bad advice. What's uh, something you can share with our listeners? And I know you've, you've shared a lot so far, but if there was one piece of advice that you've been given or something that you then would like to pass on, whether that be good or bad, what would that be? Um, this will be a piece of advice that is so relevant as at today. Um, and uh, I'll throw a quote out, but this is a quote that I think I made up actually, um, is you're not defined by what you're going through, but how you go through it. And the classic example here came back for us today and we have, it's just the perfect timing. So we had a client that sold their business and uh, a new business owner came on board and we worked with them over a period of six months to help get this sale over the line, get it done. It was a good result for both, both parties. And then um, the transition was happening, but the new business owner was having some struggles with some certain things. So we jumped in and we provided availability, support, advice. Um, we kind of charged, kind of didn't charge. We did a little bit of paid advice, a little bit of stuff we didn't because we wanted to ensure that transition went really well. And then today that person reached out to us and said, actually, we've decided we want you to look after the business going forward. And that's a circa 20K fee potentially per annum. Wow. Um, that is evidence of we were going through COVID through the midst of this. So for us in our right, we could have sat there and said, bloody oath, we're charging for every damn second of work we're doing here. This isn't our client. We're just, you know, we don't have to do this kind of stuff. But we exactly. recognize that everybody was under the pump. We know we knew we were under the pump. And also we knew of like tracking every 37 milliseconds of our time was just not worth it. But we knew that we need to ensure that our current client 
and the new business owner had to have a great experience through that. So our definition of what we were going through was like we could have gone and charged a bit, but we knew the right thing was to provide the support and advice where we could, and it came back in spades. So to go back to it, you're not defined by what you're going through, but how you go through it. So you can, you, through it. can you look back on that moment, hold yes. your head up high and say you did the right thing that was for the greater good, or can you look back and you say something that might not suggest that? It was, yes. look, it was really tough, but I made a crap ton of money out of it. Yes. <laughs> um, and that might be great, um, provided that the other parties feel there was value shared as well. Um, but I think, and also conversely, hey, I went through that and I didn't charge anyone any money and now I'm broke. <laughs> like it's the same way. That, and the challenge through times like COVID is like, do I charge, do I not charge? How much involvement, how much level of a relationship do I give here? And for me, it's like, well, I want to know wholeheartedly that we did the right thing through that, that time. I think running an accounting business, you're going to be challenged because there are going to be points where you're going to have clients that are going to ask you to do things that you might not feel comfortable to do. You might have employees that might come back and challenge you on things. Um, you might have um, business partners that you have disagreements with. And there's going to be a point in time where you need to stand up and you need to act in a way that represents the values and the person that you are. And are you going to do something that you look back on and you say, gee, I wish I handled that better? Or are you going to stop and pause and think about, well, what's the best way to approach this to ensure that, you know, I'm defined by how I go through this, not by what I'm going through. Mate, absolutely love it. And, you know, that's the, that's the great thing about these sorts of chats. Um, Again, it's, it's, it's a pleasure to chat to you. It's a, it's a pleasure to, to, to see you grow and develop as well. I know when I first met you maybe two and a half years ago, I remember you going through those processes and again, being very authentic and sharing out of the open to being challenged by your team members. And that's why this is great. This is what I love doing. And it's uh, chatting to great people in our industry, doing great things. So Mate, thank you again. I love the passion you have for this space. I'm looking forward to seeing how this continues to grow and how we can catch up next time for a whiskey as well, which I'm looking forward to doing. Oh, I cannot wait, mate. You, you watch out. I've got a couple of little side projects. I've got a rumble going on. So you never know. You yeah, might see yeah. something in the future. Exactly. Well, mate, good luck for the rest of the financial year. I think it's, you know, we've just kicked off this new financial year and I think there's going to be bigger and better things coming your way. So thanks again for joining us. And we'll talk soon. Cheers, mate. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Talking Numbers. It's something that I've certainly loved and enjoyed doing, just chatting and peeling back the little bits of the individuals as well as the companies that continue to add value. We hope you enjoyed that episode and look out for our next episode coming to you soon.